1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Live from the play show yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to a Tuesday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming live on youtube 855-212-4CBS is number to jump on in 855-212-4227 you can always interact with me on the good old cesspool of twitter on instagram i'm always straight flexing at zach gelb that's z-a-c-h-g-e-l-b got michael samter Stuart kovacs rocking and rolling with me and we're going all the way up until 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific coming up in hour number two of our radio program from the new orleans saints Brian Burzee is going to stop by rookie defense to tackle Clemson legend. And then at 5 20 PM Eastern two twenty 20 PM Pacific, we're going to be joined by the head coach of the undefeated Washington Huskies as they have a big matchup this weekend against those ducks from Oregon. Best game of the weekend. I know some may argue it's USC Notre Dame, but those two teams in Washington and Oregon, I really do believe are the two best teams in the Pac 12 the two most well-rounded teams In the Pac-12, so excited to chop it up with their head football coach of Washington in Kalen DeBoer. I got to start the show with the Dallas Cowboys. And I know we talked a lot about the Cowboys yesterday. But as we're dissecting all the issues with the Dallas Cowboys, I have some clarity on what needs to happen with this organization moving forward. The Cowboys are the definition of a good but not great team. And they've been stuck on being a good team. And not great or elite level team for a long time. Remember, this is an organization that the last time they won a Super Bowl, the last time they even got to an NFC title game was the 1995 season. Since then, the Cowboys have either been bad or they've had some teams that have been good. And when it gets to a big moment, they don't show up. They go MIA and they come up very small. On a big stage. And yesterday one of the callers said to me. Oh the issue isn't Dak Prescott. It's more so Jerry Jones. It's more so Mike McCarthy. It's more so this. It's more so that. And I vehemently disagree. The quarterback position. Is the most important position in the NFL. It's the most important position in sports. The quarterback sets the tone. For your offense. And for the entirety of the team. And when you have a good. But not a great quarterback. I really do believe that's the biggest issue with the Cowboys, where the Cowboys are going to keep on being a good team, but not a great team. And when I see Dak Prescott as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback, I never think he's going to get to an elite level. I never think he's going to be in a Super Bowl. He will never win a Super Bowl. I don't even know if this guy's ever going to get to an NFC title game. And Cowboys fans that defend Dak, you keep on making the excuses. He had an opportunity to on Sunday to shut us all up for the time being and the entire team didn't show up but Dak Prescott had three interceptions in the game the Dallas Cowboys after this contract is up need to move on from Dak Prescott the Dallas Cowboys need to start their search for a great quarterback because until they find a great quarterback you're not going to win in this league sure There's some anomalies when you look at Nick Foles winning a Super Bowl, Trent Dilfer winning a Super Bowl as well. But if you look for the last 20 years, most of the quarterbacks that have won the final game of the season are great quarterbacks. And not only great quarterbacks, all-time great quarterbacks. Whether it's Tom Brady, whether it is Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Kurt Warner, The list goes on and on and on in the last 20, 25 years. Ben Roethlisberger of quarterbacks that have won in this league. And when I see Dak Prescott, and I just ask the simple question, do you believe that Dak Prescott will ever win a Super Bowl? I just don't see how anyone could say yes. And you see that Cowboys team, the offensive line now is good, not great. The weapons on offense, good, not great. The defense I thought was great, but after Sunday night where the 49ers just ran right through them like a hot knife through butter, I don't see how I could call that defense great anymore. And we use the word great just too freely in this society. Someone does like have one good performance, and all of a sudden you have kids saying, oh, this guy's the GOAT, this guy's a great team, this person's a great player, and it's a bunch of nonsense. And I really do believe this entire Cowboys team and this entire Cowboys organization – is following the beat of the drum of their quarterback. And when your quarterback is just good, you're not going to have great results on the field. And sure, Dallas can go win back-to-back 12-win seasons, but then when you go up against organizations that are great and teams that are great and teams that have Super Bowl expectations, they get exposed. And last year is what really did it for me with Dak Prescott, Where I think a lot of times we vacillate. Oh yeah, Dak could win a Super Bowl. Oh, Dak could be an MVP. And then when it gets to the big spot, the guy just consistently doesn't show up. And now we've seen it two and a half years in a row because it still hasn't been to the playoffs yet. But two years ago, they couldn't even get the ball snapped against the Niners. Last year, that team should have won up against San Francisco in Santa Clara. And Dak was just a turnover machine. And I know we could all throw a parade for the Cowboys and say, oh, how about them Cowboys? Here's America's team. Oh, Dallas is wonderful. This is going to be Dallas's year. But who'd they beat? Who have the Cowboys beat this year? They beat my Patriots. They suck. They beat the Jets. They don't have Aaron Rodgers. They're a bad football team. They beat the Giants, who look like they're going to be a top 5 or 10 pick this year. And then you lose to the Cardinals, who are going to have a top 5 pick? You lose to San Francisco, who's your first legitimate opponent, and it's not as if you just lost by three points, four points, a touchdown, where it's a competitive, high-octane offensive game, and your defense let you down, and you could blame a kicker, you could blame a dumb coaching decision. You got emasculated in that game. You got embarrassed, and you showed the entire world that the Dallas Cowboys are just not a contending team this year. In an NFL season, that is open. It is. In the NFC, it's two teams right now. It's the Eagles and 49ers. What happens if Jalen Hurts gets hurt? What happens if Brock Purdy gets hurt? That could make whoever the third best team is in the NFC start to go out there. And the next thing you know, they may be in the Super Bowl. And in the AFC right now, no one's really intimidating you. And no one's really been able to be consistent Because whenever some team gets hot in the AFC, they stumble the next week. So I'm not saying the Cowboys need to move on from Dak Prescott right now. Because you still have this year left of the contract and next year left of the contract. But the Dallas Cowboys would be absolutely delusional. If they decide after 2024, when he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2025, if they go, we need to extend Dak Prescott. We need to go give Dak Prescott a three, a four, a five-year extension. That would be nonsense, and it would be the Cowboys and Jerry Jones doubling down on people just because they like them. Jerry Jones, that's his biggest flaw. I know we all think Jerry Jones acts quickly, and he acts in the moment, and he makes these moves just because what the fans are saying. That's not true. Jerry Jones is calculated, and Jerry Jones values relationships. Look how long he gave the clapper Jason Garrett to try to get it right in Dallas. And look how long he's giving Dak Prescott. An opportunity to get it done in Dallas. And if you're a Cowboys fan. If you're one of those cockroach Cowboys fans. That are delusional. And are not um, in touch with the reality. And still think this is the guy. I want to hear what your argument is. That you think Dak Prescott can elevate a team. That you think Dak Prescott could be an elite quarterback. And he could get the job done. Consistently three games in a row in the postseason to just get to the Super Bowl. Because the guy's the definition of a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, and a quarterback that's inconsistent. And you saw it last year in the playoffs. I know the Buccaneers were only 8-9, and but that's still Tom Brady. And Dak Prescott took it to the Buccaneers, who have a good defense. And then people started to believe. People started to say, okay, this is the guy. And then the next week against the San Francisco 49ers, they had every opportunity to win the game. And he threw the game away, and he fumbled the game away. The Cowboys need to uplift their entire organization. The Cowboys need to change the tone of their entire organization. And I am convinced the Dallas Cowboys will not get to a Super Bowl ever again until they get that next great quarterback. And I know that it's easy to say, oh, you got to go find your Mahomes. But you got to go find the Roethlisberger. You got to go find the Brady, Manning, Payton, or Eli. Like, look at all these guys. Look at these great Hall of Fame quarterbacks that win in this league. Dak may go to the Hall of Fame one day. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame player. And maybe the star does help him get there. But you never go into a season actually thinking Dak is going to be the guy that delivers Jerry Jones another Lombardi. And maybe Jerry Jones, even though he won't admit it, Started that process by taking a flyer on Trey Lance. I don't think we're going to see Trey Lance on the field this year. But whether it's trading up in the draft and doing what the Bills or the Chiefs did. When they had good years, they found themselves in the top 10, in the top 15. They traded up to go get their Josh Allen, to go get their Patrick Mahomes. So you don't have to be bad to go get your quarterback. And we've seen a lot of quarterbacks recently be available in free agency or be available via trade. Look at what happened with the Bucks. Look at what happened with the Rams when you had Brady and Stafford on the move and both those organizations needed a great quarterback to get the job done and both those quarterbacks delivered in year one. There is no way that the Dallas Cowboys, well, they could be foolish enough, but there's no way that they should be foolish enough to extend Dak Prescott. And once his contract ends, Dak, thank you. We love you, but it's time for you to go somewhere else. And I don't think it's a crazy opinion at all. And I put this as a poll question today, and it's got a ton of answers, a ton of results so far. This is almost 800 people voting so far. And the poll's only been up for a few hours. You can find it on my Twitter, at Zach Elbat, CBS Sports Radio. Dak Prescott's contract expires after the 2024 season. Should the Cowboys give Dak another long-term deal? It's a resounding no right now. 89% say no, early returns, In terms of, should the Cowboys give Dak Prescott another long-term deal? A lot of people are in the shouldn't category rather than the should. Only 11% say yes. Give him a long-term extension. Let's hear more delusion from the Dallas Cowboys. This starts from the top. This is Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan. As Jerry Jones, this has got to be the best bang for your buck interview ever in the history of radio. I feel like Jerry Jones goes on 105.3 The Fan. I love those guys. Sean, RJ, the entire crew. I feel as if he's on there three, four times a week. But here's Jerry Jones from earlier today when he was asked if he still has faith in the Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott.
3: Make no mistake about it. We have a quarterback that can get us there. Uh, And so I feel very strongly there. And we have players in place. Do we have the quarterback? Let me be very affirmative. I completely believe that we have the quarterback that can take us where we want to go. Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl. And um, that's the way that's going to be.
2: So it's one thing to say it, right? Anyone could say things. Like I could say, oh, I'm going to go win nine Marconis in radio. But until you do it, until you show signs of being able to be an award-winning quarterback, an award-winning talk show host, or elite-level quarterback, an elite-level talk show host, if you say it, what does it mean? You need to back it up. And that's such an empty statement By the owner of the drama Dallas Choking Cowboys in Jerry Jones. Because you could say, yeah, no doubt about it, Dak's our guy. I've seen enough. He could get us to a Super Bowl. He could win us a Super Bowl. Well, Jerry, Zach Yelp here from CBS Sports Radio. Quick follow-up question to that. When has Dak even got to an NFC title game? Oh, he hasn't. So how can you dream big about the Super Bowl when you can't even make it to the round prior? And you've been consistently there with opportunities the last four or five years. And your quarterback keeps on failing you over and over again. Let's hear from Micah Parsons. And Micah Parsons, I thought yesterday, maybe said the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it's one thing to say something dumb in the moment and then double down on it. But that's what the drama Dallas Choking Cowboys do. Micah Parsons yesterday was talking about how the score isn't as bad as it reads, and we're not that far away from actually contending with the 49ers, and both teams have a lot of talent. Dude, you lost 42 to 10. This wasn't as if you lost on a bad snap, or you lost on a late pick with the game on the line. You lost 42 to 10. Your entire organization's pride got snatched away on Sunday night football. So don't give me that nonsense, but here is uh, Micah Parsons who was upset that George Kittle wore an F Dallas shirt under his jersey right before the game started. Here is uh, Micah Parsons.
3: I just feel like he's making it more, way more personal than it had to be. Kittle's my guy, but I'm going to say this. Laugh now, cry later. We got something for that. Just trust. If we see them again, just trust. And we're going to put it just like that. I ain't going to put too much on it. You're going to make it personal, we can make it personal. That's cool.
2: What is he talking about? If I'm the 49ers right now, I'm hysterically laughing. I'm on the floor. I'm rolling over and I can't catch my breath. You're not intimidating to the 49ers. That's another empty threat. Oh yeah, make your jokes now. We'll get you the next time we see you. They've now defeated you in big games three times in a row. And the first two were actually close. You've now regressed. This one isn't even close. So just stop with this bull crap and this hogwash from the Dallas Cowboys. That's almost as if a fighter gets the snot kicked out of him. Like Deontay Wilder from a few years ago against Tyson Fury. And he's like, oh, I'll make him pay next time. Maybe they should check Tyson Fury's gloves to see what he had in him. Like, stop with these lame excuses. But that's the Cowboys over and over and over and over again. And they've just been stuck on being a good team and not a great team. And it's just resonating all throughout that organization. And there's no accountability. Real quickly, Stu, play me Debo Samuel here. This is Debo Samuel earlier this morning on Kay Adams' show, Up in Adams, responding to the nonsense that you just heard from Micah Parsons. It was already personal before the game started. Now, um, 42 to 10, I don't think you like want to see us again. It might be a little bit worse. So there's not many times you'll hear me agree with Debo Samuel on this show after he hung up on me for asking just fair, legitimate questions that any talk show host would uh, ever ask him. But come on, Debo's 1,000%, right? It's like, what leg do you have to stand on? I know Micah Parsons is a great player, but what leg do the Cowboys have to stand on to try to talk smack or try to talk in an intimidating way after you just got smacked and just beaten down by the 49ers 42-10? to 10? Ugh, just what a joke. So do you think the Cowboys need to move on from Dak Prescott? And should they extend him when his deal is up in 2024? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. And just a reminder, 89% right now say the Cowboys need to move on from Dak Prescott after this deal expires after the 2024 season. We'll take a break here. Off and running on a very busy Tuesday edition of the Zach show Show. we come on back. Justin Jefferson to the IR? What should the Vikings do with Kirk Cousins? I have a thought. And another big name quarterback could be made available soon. We'll tell you who that is when we return in five minutes. We really
0: need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.
2: All righty, welcome back in. Zach Gelb, show CBS Sports Radio. Talking a lot of Cowboys right out of the gate. Dak Prescott's contract expires after the 2024 season. Should the Cowboys give Dak another long-term deal? the poll question? 89% currently say... No, 11% say yes. Mike V322 on uh, Twitter X, whatever we call it these days, had a funny response. As a Niners fan, yes, extend that man three to five more years. And if you're a fan of another team and you're not a fan of the Cowboys, yeah, I think you look at Dak Prescott and you hope that Jerry Jones gives him a lucrative contract extension because that means the Cowboys will just be stuck on being good and never being a great organization once again. Um, Let's get to Kirk Cousins. So, I have said now for the last few weeks, I don't believe Kirk Cousins is going to get traded. However, the Vikings should look to trade him. And a big reason for me behind that was I don't want to risk going and upsetting Justin Jefferson because if they can't find a way to get the right quarterback in there in the interim, you know, with their backup or sign somebody else, you run the risk of Justin Jefferson getting perturbed and saying, bleep this organization. you didn't take care of me financially before the start of the season. And then I want to start my departure and make this beginning of the end in my time with the Minnesota Vikings. And if the Vikings lose Justin Jefferson, there is literally no reason to watch that team. And then towards the end of the Vikings game on Sunday, which is a very good game against the Kansas City Chiefs, you see Justin Jefferson leave the game, look so frustrated on the sideline, it gets reported that it's a hamstring injury, And on that final drive for uh, the Minnesota Vikings, where they end up losing by seven to the Chiefs, he's on the sideline with a towel over his head. Now, when that happened, I didn't think that we were going to see Justin Jefferson be out for the foreseeable future. Like, maybe miss a game or two. But right now, he is out for at least four weeks with him going to IR. So, he's going on the sideline for a bare minimum of four weeks, and at that point, when he comes back, with the Vikings only having one little win on the season, does it even matter to bring Justin Jefferson and put him back on the field? And I saw one report today that it's not even a foregone conclusion when he's eligible to return off of IR that he's going to be healthy enough to play right away. So if I'm the Vikings, if I'm their general manager, Quesia Adolfa Mensa, I'm making calls right now to trade Kirk Cousins. And I'm seeing who is interested in Kirk Cousins because Kirk is similar to Dak. It's actually weird. I trust more of Kirk Cousins than I do Dak Prescott just because I think Kirk is more of a consistent quarterback. But both, their ceiling is only being good or very good. Neither going to win a Super Bowl in this league. But if I'm the Vikings, similarly to as I just said for the last 20 minutes about the Dallas Cowboys, if you want to take that next step, you need a new quarterback. And Kirk Cousins' contract expires after the season, so if you could get a second-round pick for him or a third-round pick for him, I think you make the deal because I, I have a tough time believing that the Vikings' preference is to bring back Kirk Cousins after this season. Now, here's the big risk of all this. You know, I could sit here and I could advocate for Dak and I could advocate for Kirk Cousins not to be brought back by the Cowboys and, and the Minnesota Vikings, respectively, But you have to be able to find the next guy and get it right. And that's easier said than done. But it makes no sense when both teams, and the Cowboys have a more talented roster than the Minnesota Vikings, but with both teams having some talent to just accept being good or accept mediocrity. And when you don't have that great quarterback in this league, there's no, it should be no surprise when you can't get the job done. And that's what happens here. With the Cowboys and Vikings, even when they have moments of optimism like the Cowboys the last two years, back-to-back 12-win seasons, or the Vikings last year with 13-win seasons, no one actually jumps on the bandwagon outside of fans in Minnesota and Dallas and say, I believe in this team. This team's going to find a way to beat the other elite teams in the NFC. So now with Justin Jefferson going to the IR, I think it's the perfect time to trade Kirk Cousins. But can you find a suitor, because it takes two to tango, and can you find someone that's willing to give up a second or a third-round pick in order to obtain the services of Kirk Cousins? And that I don't know. Now, the Vikings could eat up the money for a better draft pick and do all that, but who are the teams that are going to bring in Kirk Cousins? And the, the obvious one is the Jets. But are the Jets making the playoffs this year? You know, with Kirk Cousins, they'll have a shot, but it's not even a foregone conclusion that they would make the playoffs. Because the Jets. Yeah they have a really good defense. They have Garrett Wilson. They have Brees Hall. You know you can make a case for them making the playoffs. But that AFC. You got the Dolphins in front of them. You got the Bills in front of them. Kansas City still humming. The Chargers have a ton of talent. Someone's going to win the AFC North. And someone's going to win the AFC South. So you can compete for a seven seed. But do you want to give up that draft capital. To just get the rest of the season of Kirk Cousins. When you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be coming back next year and is going to be your starting quarterback. And that's the other thing with the Jets. With the ego of Aaron Rodgers and how much he does like Zach Wilson and likes this role of mentoring Zach Wilson, would Aaron Rodgers be okay in bringing in another good quarterback on this team and then everyone's going to be talking about that quarterback and then at the end of the year, if let's say they have a really good season, sure, Jets are going to go with with Aaron Rodgers, but then if he doesn't perform well, people are going to say, oh, well, they should have kept Kirk Cousins. So I think it's very complicated to still trade Kirk Cousins. But if an injury happens in the next two weeks, just like what happened with Darren Rodgers, maybe then that puts another team under a little bit more pressure and you find a way to get a deal done. Now, I want to talk about one more quarterback here. I don't think this quarterback's very attractive in a trade and it won't happen via trade. But this week, Sean Payton is finally starting to get a lot of criticism. Where last year for the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett was the scapegoat, and also Russell Wilson. Now you bring in Sean Payton and also give up draft capital to go get Sean, and Sean has this team moving in the wrong direction. After telling everyone before the start of the season via USA Today that Nathaniel Hackett did one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL that he's ever seen. And last time I checked, a year ago, Nathaniel Hackett had two wins through five games, Sean only has one win, which is not something, right, that we should be jumping up and down like a fat kid in a candy store praising Nathaniel Hackett, but if Sean's going to have the audacity to say, that guy did one of the worst head coaching jobs he's ever seen, then what does that say about you? And you know what happens when you have alphas that people start to turn against and people start to point fingers at and people start to say, you need to pick up your crap? They turn on others in their own organization. And there's no doubt about it, even though Russell Wilson's been like fine this year. You know, I, I see people saying, oh, Russell Wilson's playing great. Russell Wilson's playing really good. Stop. Stop with that nonsense. Russell Wilson has been better than last year, but I'm not ready to say that Russell Wilson is this tremendous quarterback and Russell Wilson is someone that if I'm a team that is looking for a quarterback I need to have, Russell Wilson is playing himself out of the Hall of Fame right now with this disaster of a, of a chapter that's going on in Denver. And the public perception of Russell Wilson has completely done a 180. And it is inevitable when this season continues to be a disaster for the Denver Broncos, because there's no hope here for the Denver Broncos. This team is just a lethargic, anemic football team that Sean's ego is going to take a hit. He's going to get sensitive when people are pointing the finger at him. And now we're saying, you're the one and you're the reason why this isn't working out well. And then the next thing you know, Sean's going to say, we're going to have to go make a move for a quarterback. And here's what I'll say to Sean. If you make a move for a quarterback, I don't expect your general manager to go give up draft capital to get that quarterback. Because they just tried that with Russell Wilson, and this has been, even though it was before when he got there, an unmitigated disaster continues to be a disaster. And the Broncos now have all their picks back outside of the second-round pick they had to give up to go get Sean Payton. But they have their first-round pick this year and the Broncos are going to be really bad, they're going to be in position to get a Caleb Williams, to get a Michael Penix Jr., to get a Drake May. You know, all these quarterbacks that keep on being talked about, Shador Sanders, um, not that far away from uh, Coach Prime over at Boulder, they're going to be right in striking distance to get that next great quarterback, that next great prospect in the draft. And Sean's never been able to draft a quarterback very early because he had Drew Brees. I know he fell in love with Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill wasn't an early draft pick. But when you see the Broncos this year, in April, i already make one draft prediction. They'll be picking in the top 10, and they'll be picking a quarterback this year. Because Sean knows that he's going to have to change the conversation about him, and he's going to turn on Russell Wilson very soon. Because he wants to provide a distraction to try to take himself out of the spotlight and everyone's saying, man, you've done a really bad coaching job in your first year with the Denver Broncos. All right, we'll take a break here on the Zach Yelp Show on CBS Sports Radio. When we come on back, we'll update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. We call that segment the News Brief. But first up, with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, here's the Ackman, Rich Ackerman.
3: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more. At Navy this week's player is Bengals defensive lineman, Trey Hendrickson and Sunday's 34 to 20 win over the Cardinals. Hendrickson had two and a half sacks as well as a forced fumble. Hendrickson now has six sacks on the season and 48 in his career. And I love Trey Hendrickson uh, really started his career with the saints. And then ever since going to the Cincinnati Bengals, he has uh, gone on to be one of the better defensive players in the league and He's someone that no one ever talks about. We talk about underrated. Sometimes we call people underrated. And they're not really underrated. Trey Hendrickson is extremely underrated because we talk about the Bengals. You really talk about two players. You talk about Joe Burrow. You talk about Jamar Chase. And there's other really good players on that team, but they don't get talked about nationally enough. Okay, time to update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. Let's get to a news brief. For your daily news brief, we get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. All right, let's start it off with Mike McDaniel. The Dolphins have 2,599 scrimmage yards. It's the most scrimmage yards by a team through the first five games in the Super Bowl era. And Mike McDaniel was asked about this Dolphins' historic offense so far. You guys have now gained more yards through five games than any team in NFL history. And you hear something like that. What is your reaction? Um, mission accomplished. We had the whole time, the whole off season, All we that was our goal was um, output after five games. He has really grown on me. When Mike McDaniel was first hired, I said, "Who the heck was this guy?" And what the heck is he saying into a microphone? I've always felt as if I was not on the inside joke with Mike McDaniel. But I love the way that there is just some quiet humor there and dry humor there by Mike McDaniel with his delivery because no coach thinks about these inane stats. Oh, I want to have the most yards from the line of scrimmage or scrimmage yards through the first five games. You think about one thing and one thing only, and that's hoisting a Lombardi trophy. So that's a great response by the Dolphins coach and Mike McDaniel is having a monster season has done a wonderful job his first two years as an HC in the NFL. Alrighty, I I like to pile on this person a lot. I think this person is extremely overrated as a head coach. The last two years, he was a disaster in Indianapolis, and I was not a big fan of this hire in Carolina. If you weren't going to get Harbaugh, if you weren't going to get Sean Payton, I thought you should have just kept Steve Wolks, who did a good job as an interim coach. But now I'm starting to feel bad about Frank Reich. Look at me. I'm talking up Mike McDaniel, and I'm starting to say I feel bad about Frank Reich. Here is Frank Reich sounding like a hostage in front of a camera having to say something positive about someone that's holding him hostage and the Panthers' owner in David Tepper.
0: There's different philosophies in ownership. You know what I mean? Some owners kind of stay away and don't engage a whole lot. Other owners do. And his philosophy is he's going to engage. And listen, it's only been a short experience, but... It's been a really good experience. It hasn't been fun. You know, it's not fun. Those those meetings aren't – I wouldn't characterize them as fun meetings, but those meetings make me better, and I trust they make us better.
2: Frank Reich sounds like he's being held against his own will in front of that podium. There is no way that he could enjoy his first five games as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers working with David Tepper, who in his short tenure as the owner of the Carolina Panthers shows – that he's an inept owner, and he's absolutely incompetent. And you look at David Tepper, this is a guy that just because he owns the team, he thinks he has a Ph.D. in football, and he tries to be the face of the organization. He tries to make all the decisions and go back to the reporting. Adam Schefter had it. Frank Reich's preference was C.J. Stroud. David Tepper, he wanted Bryce Young. And who they end up going with, Bryce Young? And who's looked like the best quarterback Through the first five games of their career, it's by far and away C.J. Stroud. And this is what happens when you're an NFL owner and you are running the team and you don't let your football people make the decisions. Nine times out of ten, it comes back to burn you. It'd be like if I owned a restaurant but I never cooked in my life and I go to the chef of 30 years or something like that. Hey, I want to cook the meal tonight. You just advise me what to do, and I'll I'll make the final calls here on how we're going to create the sauce for the spaghetti. Like, give me a break here with uh, David Tepper. The dude is a clown. C. D. Lamb frustrated with the offense of the Dallas Cowboys. You got to be complete. You can't go out there one week and look like a super team and then the following week, the bed. What did he say? Bleep the bed. No, 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 before that. Play that one more time when he's like, you can't look like a... I, it was just mumbling. I couldn't hear it. You got to be complete. You can't go out there one week and look like a super team and then the following week, bleep the bed. Ah, a super team and then the next week bleep the bed. He's not wrong. Man, that's actually depressing. I usually enjoy when the Cowboys fall flat on their face. But seeing, hearing CeeDee Lamb, who I like, just sounds so depressed about the drama Dallas joke Cowboys, I almost feel bad for him. Eh, then that feeling quickly goes away. They are the Cowboys. Here's Mike McCarthy on C.D. Lamb's frustration.
3: I had a great visit with C.D. today, and, and um, I'll just say if, if he's not pissed off that he's getting the ball, then I'm, I'm pissed off at him for not being pissed off. I mean, he's an impact player. You know, he should feel that way. But, you know, I just think like anything in life, how you handle things and how you, you move forward is, you know, how you affect others. You know, there's so many things that, good things that can come out of that.
2: So we've now played four audio clips regarding the Dallas Cowboys in the first 47 minutes of the show. It shows you how much of a circus the Dallas Cowboys are. Like, Ringling Brother and Barton Bailey Circus may have shut down, but the Cowboys, they're really always open. Think about this. Jerry Jones is telling everyone that Dak could win a Super Bowl when he's never even made it to an NFC title game. Micah Parsons is basically telling the 49ers to be careful how you celebrate and what you do before the game. Then they beat you 42-10, to 10 and you think you have a leg to stand on to say that there's eventually going to be retribution, you have CeeDee Lamb, who sounds as depressed as depressed could be, and then you got Mike McCarthy acknowledging that CeeDee Lamb should be annoyed. And it's only week five. (laughs) Oh, wait until they lose a playoff game this year where Dak throws three or four interceptions. I can't wait for it. All right, talking about a football team where they have really fallen. They have plummeted. They're an absolute disgrace right now. Bill Belichick is finally on the hot seat. And everyone today is saying, oh, it was all Brady. Belichick had nothing to do with it, which it was more Brady than Belichick. But let's not make Belichick to be out like he's some schmuck here. And he's like this horrible football coach. The guy is still one of, if not the greatest football coaches of all time. Brady needed Belichick. Belichick needed Brady for them to win six Super Bowls together. But let's hear Tom Brady on his Let's Go podcast via Sirius when he was asked if he still believes in the hoodie, Bill Belichick he's got a very consistent approach that he's always taken and you know it's it's the right approach it's try to prepare the players give them the best opportunity to succeed you know you get out there in the field in the end you know the coaches once the plays called in the player you know the players got to go do it it's a team sport you know coaches need players players need coaches you got to have the right processes in place you got to have humility you got to continue to learn and, um, you know, it's a great culture up there in New England. They, they, we've had a great culture for a long time as long as I was a part of it. So when the Patriots are winning Super Bowls, after all six of them that they won, Belichick's on the podium afterwards and he says, you know, it's not me. It's all about the, uh, the players. Players win championships. You know, I'm just fortunate enough um, to coach those players. He said it after every single championship. So part of this is on Bill Belichick because he runs the team. He runs the organization. But Bill Belichick right now doesn't have the players. And he's bringing in the wrong players. No wide receiver that puts any fear into an opposing defense. An offensive line that's like a turnstile in Penn Station pre COVID. Bill's got to pick it up. Because Bill's not wrong when he says it's about the players, but you got to bring the right players in. And ever since Tom Brady has walked out of that organization, Bill has failed the Patriots because he doesn't bring in the right players. And he's the GM. It's not like, oh, you're just handed a list of ingredients and say, make it work. You get to pick the ingredients because you're the coach and the GM. Here is uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. This may have been the best part of that football game last night. Sorry, Stu, with the Raiders and the Packers. I know that you're fired up because the Raiders did win the game. and It was a sloppy, sloppy, sloppy game. But I thought the humor of Joe Buck when dealing with Troy Aikman was great on the broadcast.
3: Speaking of October. How about my Rangers? Now they're. I'm on Rangers. that bandwagon. Oh, you yeah, bet you I am. I'll give you a hundred dollars if you can name four players for the Rangers. You know, there was a time when I didn't have to work with you in October. I don't know. I don't know what
2: happened to those days. <laughs> those are long gone. You're stuck. by Rangers. That's a great retort because Aikman clearly can't name four Rangers, so he just goes. I love when you didn't have to work here in October. That's awesome. (laughs) Great. Now, can we try something here between you two? I think both of you are very savvy fans, but I don't think you've watched a ton of Ranger games. Can you both combine name four Rangers right now? Any chance, Stu Kovacs and Michael Santer? I think I can. I have more confidence in myself than Mike. Okay. Go ahead, Stu. You want me to? Yeah. Marcus Simeon? That is correct. Second baseman. Josh Jung? Yep. Plays third. Uh, Corey Seager. Yep, that's short. Adoles Garcia. Wow, good job. I play fantasy baseball. That's the only Yeah, Garcia I mean. was yeah. on my fantasy baseball <laughs> team. And here's the portion of the show where we remind everyone that no one actually cares about your fantasy team. But he was like a top 15 player in fantasy before he got hurt and then uh, made his way back. It's a good job there by Stuart Kovacs. Now, here's one more thing on this, too. I hear Aikman take the little shot at Buck I used to like when you were basically calling baseball games when he was working at Fox. ESPN's got to have Buck start doing some baseball games too. Because I listened to that Sunday Night Booth. It is terrible. Robot Ravage with Carl Ravage. He is brutal. Absolutely brutal as a play-by-play guy. Studio guy? Elite studio guy. But when you ask him to be a play-by-play guy or if I have to hear that dude do the home run derby again, oh, I'd rather sit in a room... And just not listen with any sound on i want to be like my 96 year old grandfather who can't hear anything whenever robot ravage does a game where he where he's doing the play-by-play studio great little league world series great but when we get to the big time stop it with throwing him on broadcast and finally here's uh bryce harper on the double play that ended the game phillies braves last night braves ties up tie up the series at one apiece
3: yeah i mean he made a good play you know i probably shouldn't have gone over second base um but, you know, made a decision, and, you know, I'll live with that. Yeah, I mean, just taking a chance. Um, Michael made a great play uh, and then doubled me up. So, definitely end it.
2: I've never seen an eight-five-three double play to end a game. Um, with that being said, though, when I was watching it last night, it was a heck of a catch by Harris. I thought for sure that ball was going to fall. So I could get behind the microphone and go, how do you get doubled off to, to end the game? Oh, terrible, blah, 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 by Bryce Harper. I thought that ball was going to fall as well, and he was trying to get home so they could go tie up the game. And let's
1: be honest. It took a Jeter-like play for them to actually get Harper to begin with because, I mean, they missed the cutoff guy, yeah, over the second baseman's head, and he came out of nowhere Jeter well, shows style. Well, show you how far he
2: did go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but what an ending to a game that was. And I thought for sure it looked like the Phillies were cruising in that one. And then the next thing you know, Braves show you how great they could be, and now it's 1-1 going back to Citizens Bank. In, in uh, South Philadelphia. All right, that's the news brief. This is Zach Gilp show right here on CBS Sports Radio. When we come on back, Alabama got a big win last weekend against AM. Are you starting to believe in Alabama being back to a playoff team we discuss next? T-Mobile
0: has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable
0: available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.